Hey, welcome back to the podcast. This week, we're telling a general aviation story about a pilot named Carrie McCauley. Thanks for listening. Okay. I'm going to yawn during the course of this. I'm going to try so hard not to. Okay. (laughs) I'm just very yawny today. Mm. Who can say? It's it's spring. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Allergy season. Yeah. And like nap weather. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's finally like nicer out. Yes. But yeah, our friends in Australia are like, actually, it's fall and weather is terrible. (laughs) (laughs) And no, but um, today, so we had talked before about doing more um, general aviation stories, more stories about uh, like private pilots and things like that. So we are doing one of those stories today. Oh, cool. And uh, yeah, we're going to talk about a pilot named Carrie McCulley. Uh, and he had a very cool job that I didn't know existed. Uh, he was an international ferry pilot. Oh. Uh, an international ferry pilot so <laughs> ferry not like a boat but <laughs> oh, ferry uh like a, a ferry no well of course that's what a ferry <laughs> is a boat right but uh ferry flight is the word that uh like in aviation for when you're just moving a plane from point a to point b okay. when like the purpose of the flight is to get the aircraft itself from one place to another gotcha so he was an international ferry pilot for small aircraft which means if you live in in barcelona and you want to buy a brand new plane that's produced somewhere in the u.s he will fly the plane to you and that then sounds just like fly a great job commercial. doesn't it sound like the best job that sounds like a job i want right now i know right it's such a good job i i I don't know how you get into Uh, that kind of thing, but it's a sweet gig. Uh, Yeah. Amazing job. And uh, in summer of 1994, uh, this was Carrie McCulley's job was being an international ferry pilot. And uh, he was going to, on this particular flight, this particular day, he's going to fly an F-33 Bonanza from the factory from the beechcraft factory in wichita kansas baby to paris so kansas right to paris and uh for reference for anybody just trying to picture this an f-33 bonanza is quite a small aircraft and it has like a nose propeller so one Mm. propeller on the nose the wings themselves don't have any engines or propellers on them but the wings are where the fuel is stored in the wings if that makes sense just Mm -hmm. like they would on a plane where the uh engines were on the wings but so just one one engine on the nose and he's gonna fly this little one engine plane from wichita to paris (laughs) so okie dokie right that's his job so he goes and he sits down um because as we if 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 no one learns anything else from this podcast, it will be that flying is full of math. <laughs> and uh, so we went to sit down and do math uh, with a map and uh, figure out his route, right? How he would get there, how much fuel he would need, you know, all of those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So normally a little aircraft like this uh, 
you actually do not fly it to Paris from Paris to Wichita or vice versa. That's too far. Right. right? Um, and it is objectively too far, period, for this plane and one shot. But for ferry flights, they have these ferry tanks uh, for extra fuel. So a ferry tank will actually sit inside the cabin, which is small, like the little cabin with the pilot. Uh, the tank will sit in there. And what they do is uh like it holds extra fuel in it and it's connected to the wing fuel tanks so that it can basically like refuel them like going to the gas station in the sky Mm. um so like while you're in flight and that's what makes ferrying a plane like this possible and relatively safe um there's something kind of fundamentally less safe about (laughs) about general aviation about like private pilots flying right that's just going to be less safe than commercial pilots right just like it is less safe to drive with me than almost anyone else on earth (laughs) but especially a professional like a bus driver like a new york city bus driver is a better driver than me (laughs) because i can't drive anyway very well at all <laughs> and a bus driver does it all the time they're amazing so it's already too. kind of fun oh they're mm, imp- in, yeah. just unimpeachable exactly <laughs> the a job i would not want but no, never in a million <laughs> could years not do, let's be real. right that's the difference <laughs> right. <laughs> right so um there's something kind of already fundamentally less safe right but there's also this factor so carrie sees a lot of planes right and he uh has his his thoughts his opinions on different aircraft and one thing is a like new brand new planes maybe not always his favorite thing to fly he kind of likes planes that have like a few hundred miles on them because that way anything that didn't get done right in the uh, factory has already been worked out but it's not old so it's not worn down but say la vie he's a young man he's gonna he's got the best job in the world and he's gonna fly this puppy over there um the so he sits down uh does the math works out his route and decides that he's gonna fly from wichita to minneapolis st paul to bangor maine to st john's in canada to the azores which are those little islands between uh north america and europe to paris so that's wow. the route he's going to take. Hop, 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 hop. Right. Yeah. So it's going to take a few days to get there. Um, and uh, but this is his his job. So he figures it all out, figures out the fuel that he's going to need, does math, math, math. Um, there's something you always want to have more fuel than you need, period. Right. Just generally speaking, you want more fuel than you need. <laughs> you especially want more fuel than you need if you are flying a small aircraft anywhere near the Azores, because the Azores are very remote. There is nothing else around, but they can get very foggy and a small plane can't land in fog, right? It's just, it doesn't have the equipment. It's I think 1994, I think this model of the F-33 was the last year they even made this aircraft. I might be wrong about that. Um, But it's this it just you can't land in fog. Right. So 
But if you are trying to land in the Azores and they are all fogged over, you can't fly somewhere else. You can't divert. So you would literally have to just like fly in a circle for hours waiting for the fog to clear. So Carrie likes to have minimum three extra hours worth of fuel. That's his go-to. So you fill the wing tanks, the actual plane itself, up as much as you can with fuel. And then you fill up the ferry fuel tank in the cabin and, uh, and that plan it out so that you know you have enough fuel. Uh, now, the ferry fuel tank... How does fuel get from the ferry fuel tank to the wing tanks so that the plane can use it, right? Because the plane can't use it directly from the from inside the cabin. It has to get into the uh, wing tanks so that it can get to the engine, right? Uh, the way that works is they drill a little hole in the bottom of the plane. They snake a tube through that hole up into the uh into the ferry fuel tank and then point the outside outside of that hole they point that tube so that the wind from the plane going forward will just blast directly into that tube and by forcing air into the tube the air gets forced into the ferry fuel tank and then that air pressurizes the fuel tank functionally and forces the fuel down does that make sense yeah 100 percent. okay if it uh, i'm gonna say it like this um just for anybody who might be having a hard time picturing this if you imagine there's a balloon at the top of the ferry fuel tank inside the tank you need to blow air into that balloon so that the balloon expands Mm -hmm. and pushes the fuel down yeah so that is literally what's happening just without the balloon um right right. but the air is still trapped like the pressure yes (laughs) right so that's what they would normally do drill a little hole snake the tube in the person buying this plane doesn't want a hole in their brand new plane Okay, that's fine. The uh, owner of the company who who performs this this service that Carrie works for, basically, instead of drilling the hole and then like using fittings to like make sure that the hose is really like in there, he uses duct tape, like a a ton of duct tape and duct tapes it like crazy to the outside of the plane and then snakes it in the tube in that way uh and he asks carrie like hey can you check this and uh carrie's young man he's like yeah i mean uh looks good you use like half a roll of duct tape to duct tape it on but the boss asked him like two or three times like hey that looks good to you right (laughs) which Maybe that's a red flag if somebody keeps asking you to check their work. Maybe you need to say, like, are you confident in this work? (laughs) Um, But he was like, yeah, checks out. Looks great. But is using duct tape normal in this scenario? I just, I don't know. I I just don't feel like duct tape is great. 
It's not. Duct tape, like, they send duct tape to the moon for a reason. Duct tape is wonderful. Right. Yes. Duct tape we is love duct not tape. as... Right. But duct tape is not what they built the shuttle with, right? No. Duct tape is not... If you don't have to use duct tape because you're at your mechanic facility and you right. have all the correct parts, right. you got to tell the person, if you want this plane to get to Paris, like, there's going to be a little hole tape? in it. No. We are going to use real metal things yes but say la vie we got the duct tape situation uh good enough and uh our boy carrie takes off from wichita flies to minneapolis st paul flies from uh refuels flies from minneapolis st paul to bangor maine refuels flies to st john uh st john's rather in canada and when he gets to st john so he arrives there and he gets the weather report right because he's gonna take off the next day to fly to the azores but when he gets the weather report they tell him that there is this crazy like an insane tailwind going from like the wind is blowing extremely fast and extremely hard from west to east the direction he is flying in and he like does the math real quick and the wind is so strong flying in the same direction he's going in that he could skip the azores completely the wind is so strong that he could count on the wind like to literally blow him with just the fuel he can fit on the plane all the way to Paris. Wow. And yeah, right. Crazy. And winds change. So he can't count on it staying that way uh, until like the next day. If he like goes to bed and wakes up and then goes, he doesn't know if it'll still be there. So he doesn't really, you know, he's tired. He doesn't really, he like to go to bed, but he's kind of thinking about it. And like, if he just went, if he skipped the Azores completely, just went all the way to from St. John's to Paris in one shoot. He gets an entire extra day in Paris and he kind of like, I'm going to go for it. And so he uh, just gets like refueled and packs back up or whatever, doesn't unpack whatever he does and uh, decides I'm going to go for it. And he takes off from St. John's to fly straight to Paris and yeah I'm feeling great about this time <laughs> it is our show yes so, right. right so he takes off and the head the the tailwind rather is super strong it's exactly what he expected and he's like making great time he's like flying through the air getting blown to paris and he uh has already like been in this aircraft for a few legs right he's he's gotten used to it a little bit he's um gotten a sense of how the ferry fuel tank works it's worked fine duct tape has been holding up great no problems right and uh he's at fuel calculations fuel monitoring your fuel usage is a really like major part one of the major parts of a a flight like this right you you just want to make sure that you're staying on top of your fuel consumption Mm -hmm. there's a couple things particular to this aircraft this ferry fuel tank what he likes to do his personal taste 
is to let the wing tanks of fuel burn down almost to empty and then open the ferry fuel tank Mm -hmm. and refill them. And the reasons for that are, one, you can't just have the ferry fuel tank open all the time and, like, pushing fuel into the wing tanks because uh, the wing tanks can overfill. And if they overfill, then they will just dump fuel. Like, it has, like, like your bathtub, basically. If you overfill your bathtub and it has a little hole and it dumps out to keep it from overflowing this plane has a mechanism by which if it is overfilled with fuel it will just dump the excess fuel so he doesn't want to waste fuel uh the other reason is because and again back to just he wants to get there as fast as possible if so fuel weighs something right so the wing tanks are closer to the front of the plane on either side of the aircraft the big ferry fuel tank the big tank of fuel that's in the cockpit with him is behind him so it's closer to like the back of the plane so if the wings empty out of fuel and they're lighter and the ferry fuel tank is full and is heavier, it just ever so slightly like pulls the nose of the plane up. It changes the center of gravity on the aircraft so that it goes faster. Like it's just that simple. It just goes faster when the weight is distributed that way. So those are his reasons. He likes to let it like get real close to empty and then refill it like you would with your car. Right. Right. You just let it get empty and then refill (laughs) it. So so uh, and he's already had the plane for a few days for a few legs of this trip. And so he has a sense that it takes about four hours for the uh, wing tank to empty out and then or get close to empty not all the way empty but it takes about four hours so he basically like he literally like gets up to altitude gets settled grabs a book (laughs) um and just reads his book for four hours right waiting for the the fuel to burn down so he can refill it and uh sounds great Sounds great. What a good job. Good job, Carrie. So four hours in, he's making great time. The center of gravity is what he is where he wants it to be. The tailwind is blowing him to Paris. Everything's fine. Four hours in, he looks, checks his fuel uh, usage. The fuel tanks are behaving the same way they were before. The um, wing tanks are getting getting down, getting close to empty. And so he goes, okie dokie, and he flips the switch, like the little valve, opens it up to start to let wa- let uh, fuel go from the ferry fuel tank behind him into the wing tanks. And then he goes back to his book. Mm. And then after a few minutes, he just looks and like checks the fuel and nothing has happened. No fuel has gone from the ferry tank into the wing tanks. That's not good. The ferry fuel, it's not good. The ferry fuel tank is completely full. Fuel hasn't gone anywhere. And the wing tanks have continued to burn down. And he thinks, oh, I like didn't open the valve. Like, duh, like, haha. And looks down and just like, it's open. Ugh. And so he just like 
turn it on and turn it back off, right? Like he just shuts the valve right. and opens it back Reset up. It. Right? The the most natural thing in the world, right? <laughs> and uh watches it and still nothing. He can see the tank. The tank is like physically right behind him and it has like a little fuel gauge on it that's uh, like immediately just right behind him. And he's like watching it and it's not moving at all. Like it's just nothing nothing has changed nothing is happening opening the valve has done nothing and so he just kind of like sits there and starts to get a little nervous a little panicked and he's like trying to think through this and like figure out what could possibly be wrong or what he could do and he's getting like you know like a little bit panicked And my favorite quote of all time, he thinks to himself, stop beating yourself up, dumbass. You will have plenty of time for that in the raft if you don't figure this out. Okay. (laughs) And like, like, excellent quote. Very important quote. (laughs) Be kind to yourself. So he, he thinks maybe something's like blocking the hose right so remember there's that hose that's duct taped to the outside that that the air from outside blows directly into it like the force of the plane going forward forces air into that hose and then blows that air into the fairy fuel tank pressurizing it and forcing the fuel down into the wing tanks right so he thinks maybe something's blocking it so i'll try to knock it loose so he does he starts to like do crazy like roller coaster moves parabolas like he just starts to like basically like push the plane to the limits doing all these crazy tricks trying to knock knock something loose he thinks maybe something's blocking it so he does all this crazy stuff and then levels the plane out nothing no effect it has done nothing still no fuel has moved an inch from the ferry fuel tank into the wing tanks which is where he needs it to be he thinks okay i'm gonna just physically open the ferry fuel tank which is there in the cabin with him i'm gonna open it and just see if i can see anything right like there's just he he has very limited options about what he can try he can't even call anybody he is just out over the atlantic ocean so he turns around unscrews the little cap on the ferry fuel tank and what should happen when he takes that cap off is he should get blasted in the face by that cold air that should be blowing through the hose into the fuel tank right Mm -hmm. so he should be hit with that air he unscrews it, pulls off the cap, and there's no, not even a breeze. There is no air coming through that oh, hose. God. So this tank is not pressurized, which means that the fuel can't get pushed into the wing tanks. And he puts the cap back on, turns around, and okay, so now he has to try to figure out how to. He knows what the problem is-ish. He doesn't know what's causing the problem, but he knows that the problem is is that the tank isn't pressurized. So, okay. Um, I don't know if any of you have ever had, like, 
a bottle or a bag or something that um, expanded in the air, like when you got up to altitude. So like if you take a bag of chips, as an example, and you have it down at ground level and it's kind of loose, if you just go up in a plane, it will expand. The air molecules inside of it will will expand. Or I don't really know. I shouldn't say air molecules. Who knows what it is? Magic. <laughs> Something, I don't. Something's but, expanding. But it it will expand or like a balloon will just pop, right? If it's filled up on ground level and then you bring it up, it will just pop. So he, he learned in flight school that something he can do in this scenario is open the ferry fuel tank, fly all the way down to sea level, put the cap back on the fuel tank and then fly back up to altitude so it will do what a balloon does right or what a bag of chips does the air inside the ferry fuel tank will expand and that will pump some of the fuel into the wing tanks so that's like the textbook way of of managing this scenario but a that will use a lot of fuel to go all the way down to sea level and then all the way back up to altitude. That will use fuel. The only reason the amount of fuel he has is even enough is because he's got that crazy tailwind. If he flies down to sea level, he doesn't have that tailwind anymore. Mm. So he's going to run out of fuel anyway if he does that. And he doesn't know how much fuel that will actually force into the uh the tanks right like he doesn't know how much fuel that will how much usable fuel that will even give him right so that is just not a good option so he is like running out of options so he's found the problem but he has very limited ways of resolving it there's a hose right we talked about this hose he he has a hose that connects from the cabin into the ferry fuel tank that he can use, right? Mm-hmm. And so he thinks, okay, maybe I can pressurize it. He takes this hose, mm. connects it to the ferry fuel tank, and just blows into it as hard as he can. And then puts his thumb on it, inhales blows into it as hard as he can and like i don't know if any of you have ever tried to blow up like a raft a hundred balloons anything like that he has to not just force air into it but he has to force air into it until he physically can't force any more air right enough that the air pressure itself that there will be so much air in the tank that it will force the fuel down that's what he's trying to do so he just blows and blows and blows putting his thumb over it, inhaling until he can't anymore. And he checks the fuel tank and oh my gosh, it worked. Oh my gosh. It worked, but it just, just a little bit. He, he blew a little bit of fuel into the wing tanks. It's something, it is a very small amount. And so he calculates how much and he's like, okay, I got to do math, right? Now there's something, this plane itself is not pressurized. He is able to fly this aircraft because he has, he's like Bernardo Gracchi, our boy from, from the other week, right? He's, he's, um, uh, acclimated, acclimated to 
working at high altitude. So he's able to function normally at this high altitude where you or I probably wouldn't be able to. Mm. Um, but you know what? Uh, blowing it really hard into a tube until you can't anymore will do. It will make you lightheaded. Right. It will make you hyperventilate. It will lower your body's ability to use the oxygen that you're getting. And he's already getting less oxygen. Another fun thing is that the air that any air that comes back through the tube, right? If the if he's doesn't put his thumb on it fast enough, any air that comes back out of that tube is is fuel fumes. So as he's doing this, he's filling this tiny cabin with fuel fumes. He is Ugh. at altitude. He is blowing as hard as he can into this stupid tube. I am physically getting a headache talking about yeah. it. Right yeah, in this moment, I am developing a headache. Is, yeah. But he is focused on the problem. And so he sits down to he's already he's always sitting. I'm going to keep saying he sits down. He's sitting the whole time. He's not a very small plane. <laughs> but he he takes like his calculator and pen and paper to figure out if it's even possible for him to blow enough fuel into the wing tanks and how many times, like how much he'll have to blow into it. And he's like trying to do the math. And this is math he does professionally every day. And he like can't do it. Yeah. He like can't do the math. And he keeps like, like multiply divide like he can't figure out what math he needs to do he can't like get the numbers to look right or make sense and it takes him a long long time to like muddle through math that for him would normally be really straightforward um so he muddles through this math and he figures out that okay if I like forget Paris, I hate Paris. Paris is dead to me. If I just get to Shannon, Ireland, right? Shannon, Ireland is uh, on the like westernmost coast of Ireland. If he can just get to Shannon, uh, that's the closest, like most reasonable destination, then he'll have to, he'll have to force enough air from his lungs into this hose to move that fuel 30 times he's gonna have to blow 150 gallons of fuel so he has no other options brain not work very tired very tired tired. let us not forget let us not forget that he did this kind of spur of the moment right you know our boy was like i want an extra day in paris that's forget that right so he's exhausted brain not work brain hurt like he's this is rough but he has no other options and if there are other options our sweet boy is not coming up with them under these circumstances right he's he's got something that just works so he basically just like settles in to to just blow into this tube four hours and so he's just inhaling like trying to catch his breath and then 
blowing into the tube he like takes duct tape hey <laughs> back back again yeah. and makes like a plug for the hose with duct tape because his like fingers don't perfectly seal over it so he or as you know he wants to be able to keep as much of that air in and as much of the fuel fuel uh fumes out of the cabin yeah. right so for hours i cannot no. we had a raft when i was a kid and i loved that raft so much it was such a project to like physically blow up yeah. that raft i cannot fathom how much his chest must have hurt oh how much his head must have hurt so he's just like zombie just like blowing into this thing forcing like drops oh of fuel into the thing and he gets to where he's close enough to call Shannon. Ooh. So he calls Shannon Airport and he decides that he's not going to like tell him what's going on. Maybe he's like a little embarrassed. Maybe he just he doesn't tell him what's going yeah. on. He just says, hey, can I land? And Shannon Airport says, sorry, the airport is closed because of fog. No, absolutely not. You're open now. <laughs> because <laughs> right. a bitch is landing so, <laughs> like i don't know what to tell you and they say yeah the whole like south all of ireland Ugh. and the south of the uk all fog oh, no. just fog 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 and he's like okay and he has to like decide so he could declare an emergency and as we know like if you declare an emergency no one can say no to you right, right. you just you you now do what you want declaring an emergency people like land on the highway because they declared an emergency people land at military bases right. people land in fields you know what i mean you declare an emergency no one can say no to you yeah. and so uh he could declare an emergency and just say like you said like it's open now like i'm landed <laughs> right. in that fog right he could do that but he is a wreck and right. it's foggy right, right. <laughs> right on a small plane he doesn't have like all of those like instruments to safely land a plane in fog right he needs to be able to see the runway because right. that's the only way he can get to the runway safely and so he he just it doesn't tell him what's going oh, on no. and just is like i gotta make it to paris oh, paris is four more hours no. away we can't do another four, four hours we can't do another four hours we can't he has no choice as far as he can tell damn and he just like keeps he like puts the hose in his mouth doesn't even take it out anymore he just puts it in his mouth which means our boy is just breathing in a lot of yeah. fumes a lot of fumes and just inhale through the nose oh blow God. as hard as he can inhale blow no. for hours no. and his brain is mush Ugh. And he's thinking about how, like, maybe this is dumb because if I just crashed in the <laughs> ocean, I probably would have been safer. And like now there's fog underneath me, but there's also houses and right, trees right. and hills and mountains. And he just is like robotic zombie. Yeah. Inhale through the nose. Exhale. Breathe the, breathe the fumes breathe right like there's just, no way he's thinking he's, straight. he's not even able to think straight it's just survival at that right. point so just i've survived this long doing this thing i'm gonna keep doing it 
Exactly. Exactly. So in that like zombie mode, he just keeps going, going, going. Finally gets to where he's close enough to call Paris. And again, he can declare an emergency (laughs) for sure. This is an emergency, but he doesn't. He probably can't. And he just says like... Hey, well, right, his brain, right? right? So he's like, Hey, can I land? And they're like, Sure. Come on down. And right. And that's exactly what they say come on down and have him start to descend. And as he starts to descend, his brain starts working a little better. Uh oh. And as he's descending, he realizes, I was not thinking clearly enough yeah. to realize that if I descended, I would think more clearly. Right. Like he was so used to, he like took for granted his own um, like acclimation to altitude and didn't just didn't think about it because that's what happens when your brain doesn't work right. 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 It just doesn't work right. <laughs> it doesn't tell you. This is an emergency. It doesn't help you figure out. Right. Right. So he's coming down. He's been in this plane for so so many hours for like more than 10 hours he's been blowing into this thing for more than eight hours no nope, more than something like that who can say yeah, so we'll, he we'll four and four right plus four whatever four, right I'm sure so he's just been he's just been so he sees his brain is like working a little bit better he has enough fuel where he can stop blowing into the thing fumes there's just nothing we can do about that right now he sees paris runway lights and he lands safely he gets down onto the ground and just like whoop over the over the yoke just like breathes jeez normally and he gets out and he looks at the stupid hose hose. the stupid duct taped hose And that hose, in order to have air, like, forced into it, it needs to be pointing exactly straight ahead, right? Mm -hmm. And it had just gotten knocked, like, just a bit. It had just gotten knocked, like, like 25 degrees, like, just, like, to 3 o'clock on the map or whatever. Just knocked off and had was just knocked off just enough that no air was, like, getting forced into it because it wasn't facing straight ahead, Cause it was duct taped. Cause it was duct taped. It was fucking duct taped. Cause it was duct taped. It was duct taped. And so now he let people know what was going on. Oh my God. And he called his boss <laughs> and he told his boss what happened. And his boss, you just know that his boss was like, just, just hoping no news was yes. good news on this duct tape yes. job. And he said like, boss, like, if people say they don't want a hole drilled in their new plane, like, right. I don't care. Right. <laughs> they just tell them that's not how it works. Right. And here's your plane with a hole in it. Oh like, there's God. just, oh my gosh. But he did make it. He landed safely. Oh, thank God. I have a, oh, he did what it. What year was this again? 1994. 94, okay. Holy cow. Yeah, 94. <sighs> so, yeah, Carrie McCauley. Carrie my dude i i like 
30 seconds of blowing up a raft i'm like okay i'm over it oh eight hours plus no absolutely like i i don't know if i could actually do it no exactly no physically just the pain in your lungs right like that the what was it i in like our first or second episode we talked about that funny like the faa like the fun pamphlets the faa puts out and their oh it was their second episode because it was the helios episode their hypoxia pamphlet that the faa puts out and in that pamphlet it tells that story about the private pilot who was smoking a cigarette and inhaled and the carbon like instead of getting oxygen he was already in air that was so thin Mm. that when he like took a puff of his cigarette it was like just dropped his oxygen just enough that he passed out right right (laughs) and then woke up while his plane is like falling out of the sky and regained control of it you know but as he as he went down he regained consciousness thank god soon enough to like fly away but that that that's one puff of a cigarette one this has to be worse (laughs) right right i mean i'm positive i don't know where you are carrie mccauley i'm sure you're not gonna listen to this but if you do i just i want to assume that if someone had said like hey you can either smoke a cigarette (laughs) or blow into this pose for for eight hours right i think we know which one he would choose so like if that that's what i'm saying like how physically god no i like can't i can't even imagine how that would even be possible like i actually can't right no i mean clearly like it was clearly but i just i don't i don't know it's literally blowing up balloons to save your life yeah just constantly and all the other fumes that are going into it like no yeah no yeah and he like did he do we know if he had any like um like any health problems after that or he was okay he kept flying holy shit he kept flying yeah he kept flying he so um i think he might still be flying wow he like tells this story people some people might have like seen him tell this story before that's cool yeah. guys i found this story like months ago <laughs> and i was like oh this is a good story for the podcast and then i lost it <laughs> and it was gone <laughs> and i couldn't find it i didn't know what to look up and i was just like typing in like man has to blow into thing to fly to paris <laughs> I like i that. could not find <laughs> it and then i stumbled across it finally Amazing. because yeah if you watch enough aviation videos right it you, comes uh, back up you get yeah and youtube knows i like to re-watch <laughs> things more than i like to watch new content right so. it's sweet justice but, when that happens you're like ah i fucking found it yeah here it is and it's just but, like the algorithm being kind to you right thank you <laughs> right but it's you can see him uh like if you if you google this um i think it's the aviation academy I should really know. I shouldn't be a jerk. And like, <laughs> I like to credit people. Yeah, it's fair. Um, let me see. Air Safety Institute. So Air Safety Institute is a is a YouTube channel, hmm. and they have that's one place where you can see him telling this story, which is always fun. Okay. To see like the actual yeah. guy. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's. <sighs> and I mean. So obviously it goes without saying that if we keep telling these general aviation stories, some people will, will die, right? That's 
sorry to be like but i i say that just because um i we did get some positive feedback from some of you when we mentioned wanting to do these like ga stories Mm -hmm. um and some people said that they would like to hear that kind of story um if you liked this or if you have more thoughts on it um we would obviously love to hear from you yeah we like to hear from you in general but um i do feel like there's something um i don't know it's so intimate to have one person in a plane yeah i mean it's like it's so scary too because you're the only person who like can think during that situation and especially in this story with his like him being higher elevation his brain not working i mean it really would have helped to have a second person right not that there's anything he could do about that but like just yeah i don't know just the isolation of that is really oh my gosh if he did a second person and they could have like taken turns going into the thing oh yeah like that yeah yeah it just feels like it feels similar this story feels similar to like being lost at sea and you just have like you have nothing right no exactly yeah yeah that i um these like elevation stories have me wanting to like go i mean i uh, my like visit my family in in colorado (laughs) just to see like does my brain work here (laughs) but yeah um and like when we have like because i've you know had the absolute pleasure of like visiting my family in Colorado and um they are wonderful and I think that my uncle listens to this so <laughs> hey. hi Uncle Dave but um hey uh and hi Mary Beth I don't know if Mary Beth <laughs> listens but um the uh I know that when we've gone to like when you're in Denver or whatever and then you go into the mountains from there yeah. so you're already way up high and then you're like let's go to the mountains which are so much higher that <laughs> right. um that you can get like high right i know it's like a silly sentence because in the context of being literally at a higher altitude but you get like you like jabber or like say nonsense things or you know obviously nosebleeds and stuff like that but um jeez yeah it's crazy it's crazy to think about just dwelling at that all the time you know and the fact that he kept flying my gosh oh what a hero right it's not like flying a plane is super simple right right yeah like and absolutely no more duct tape duct tape planes after that absolutely no no we're we're no. saying no drill to that. the hole in the plane right <laughs> drill the hole in the plane just fix it live with it yeah exactly if you if you can pay for a plane yeah. a new plane and you can pay a man to fly it to you you can pay someone to fix the little exactly. hole exactly we're not using duct tape or right or buy a local plane i don't know what the dealio was but i know there were plane manufacturers in france in in 1994 we talked about one of them the other day yeah like that they they're i don't know i hope you had the best time in paris (laughs) i know i feel like he just took ibuprofen (laughs) and like went to bed (laughs) but hopefully he like got his got like settled yeah. and enjoyed his his time i hope so but he certainly earned I know. it yeah yeah Gosh. and i mean i feel like we also end up like accidentally because ireland is famously foggy i feel like a lot of times when ireland comes up it's just it's just yeah. in the context of how foggy yes, it is right which is too bad because ireland is beautiful yes. and it is more than fog <laughs> but but it is 
uh often foggy yeah. for sure it's a real thing right yeah wow. yep that's a great story but that's, that's a very good that's yeah great i'm glad yeah. he's okay i i I know. I'm glad he's okay. And we got to enjoy these amazing quotes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Stop beating yourself up, dumbass. <laughs> Words to live by. Right. Exactly. Quite literally. But, quite literally. Uh, but yeah. Do you have a fact? I do actually have a plain fact today. A plain fact? Yeah. I've been thinking we have a few of our very loyal, amazing listeners have expressed that they continue to listen despite being very scared of flying. (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes when they are flying, they have to take a break for a few weeks, which is totally understandable. Take a break whenever you need. Mm -hmm. Um, Reasonable. So I just wanted to, for lack of a better term, ground all of our listeners for a moment Mm -hmm. and just bring Mm -hmm. into just maybe like, you know, some, a flight fact. Um, Yeah. Granted, these are probably pre-COVID numbers, I would assume. But at any Mm. given time, there are 1.2 million people in the sky. 9,700 planes. And recent numbers are only about 1,000 people die in plane crashes a year. Okay, and let's talk about that for a second. Yes, That's not on commercial flights usually. Exactly, exactly. That's that's in our... um, our dearest, bestest friend of all, Tim from FS Mania yeah. on YouTube. Check him out. He, the, um, one of the times when he and I were talking, I think we were talking about the idea of you and I doing more of the GA stories. Yeah. And um, he said, uh, because I, whether it's rational or not, I worry about running out of stories, guys. I do. It's probably not <laughs> rational, but but it is a thing I worry about. And Tim said that there's pretty much a private plane crash every day in America, mm. which is horrible. Yeah, and I know crash is like a loose term because crash can mean like get it off the runway or not cra- an incident, right? Yeah, right? Pretty much every day. It can mean like you skid it off the runway right. or you like... You know, you there's YouTube is full of videos of like private plane crashes where everybody lives yeah. and it's fine, right. you know. Yeah. Um, but well, and even I mean, if I'm you gonna, think about like, yeah, y- you hear about the commercial plane crashes, and right, there's certainly not enough to fill that 1,000. Like, that number is is certainly filled with right. like with GA crashes, not commercial, right? And that's globally too, yes, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's all the which like that's that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, that's more than some countries. One point two million people in the sky. Oh yeah, like, that's yeah. that's a lot of people. It's a lot of people, yeah. and even like you know, I don't know, like well, it's like all of like the Tri County area where we grew up. Right, like it's like all of yeah. all of like Erie County, Niagara County, yeah. and Orleans County, an eighth of like, New York City. no one knows how many people live in new york city (laughs) no one has any idea (laughs) i'm convinced (laughs) that no one has any idea they really couldn't could they no no do they i don't even think they know we live here i don't know maybe maybe (laughs) they they fucking know i pay enough parking tickets they know i live here oh oh yeah i thought you were gonna say city taxes but just oh that too fuck new york city with the taxes damn yeah Uh, oh so much but 
Yeah. So just so, keep that in mind when you're flying next. Yeah. It's so, yeah. so, so safe and so unlikely. Like, so unlikely that you will crash. Nearly impossible. Yeah. Nearly impossible. Like, quite literally very, nearly very, impossible. Very, very, very nearly impossible. Yes. And again, there hasn't been a commercial plane crash where everybody died since since the Buffalo crash. Yeah. So in, in America, in the U.S. Yeah. So, yeah. It's fine, guys. You'll be fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's totally fine. We promise. But I, I would, whenever I had like um, passengers who were scared about flying, usually like if they were like, I would usually there was a reason why they were bringing up that they were afraid of flying. But um, the, at the most basic level, like the pilot doesn't want to die either. Right. right. right? So the pilot would just would not fly right. if they didn't think it was safe. Yep. Right. With, with commercial aviation. And that's probably another reason why general aviation isn't as safe. Right. Not that general, not that like private pilots want, they want to live right, too. Right, right. right. Of course. But that um kind of the amount of, the amount of um caution is built into commercial aviation, yeah. whereas it's personal with with general aviation, right, right? Right. Like it's your personal judgment call within within boundaries of like what's legal. But yeah. Um yeah. So so that is it is you'll be fine. Yeah, you'll, be, you'll fine. be fine. Glenda, that fact is fine. for you specifically. We love you, Glenda. We do. And it's okay Glenda, to fly. Number one. It is. It is. It's safe. It's safe and you'll be fine. We're going to fly soon. Yes, we are. You and I are going to fly yes, soon. We are. For the first time. We've never flown anywhere together. We have never flown anywhere together. I'm excited. I'm so excited. Yeah. We'll tell you guys more about that yeah. uh, in a in a future episode because we'll probably, well, we'll have to tell you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because we're going to have to figure out what we're going to do about an episode yeah. that week. But People will have yeah. a, a guest. Maybe someone else can tell a plane story. That'd be fun. We'll see. That's a thought. Yeah. That's a thought. Or if you have other suggestions, throw them in. Do you want to host a podcast? No, just kidding. We don't have to pick this (laughs) in. I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. (laughs) I love you, Mariah. I love you so much, Casey. Thanks for telling that story. I love. Thank you for listening. Yeah. And we love all of you. Always. Love you, Glenda. Yes. Love you, Tim. (laughs) Talk to you guys soon. Bye. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Pod Crashed. We so hope you enjoyed it. Please let us know uh, how you like these general aviation, private pilot flight stories. We love feedback. We love hearing from you in general. If this is the kind of story that you'd like to be mixed in with our other commercial aviation stories, uh, please let us know. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok, or you can email us at thepodcrashed at gmail.com. We love hearing from you, and uh, it makes our day every time. So we'll look forward to uh, hearing from you real soon. Thanks for listening. Mm